You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Rainstop Play. Before we begin, I have our podcast's first-ever editor's note. Since we recorded the episode earlier this week, news has broken that England's Ben Folks will be out of the New Zealand Test Series due to a hamstring injury he surprisingly sustained in the Surrey dressing room. Gloucestershire's James Bracey appears set to keep wicket on his England debut, and Sam Billings and Hasib Hamid have also been added to the squad as batting cover. As we didn't know about Folks' injury at the time of recording, he is still in our England 11s later this episode. Don't worry too much though, there's still plenty of great content in the next hour to enjoy. Thank you so much for listening. Hello and welcome to Rainstock Play. This week we are back on England duty and it's a big preview of the England-New Zealand Test Series. Um, I'm joined by Zach and Glenn. I'll come to you, Glenn, first. How are you? Yeah, yeah, doing good, thank you. There's a lot to talk about. We've got some county championship, we've obviously got the England game, and there's been quite a lot of um, feel-good cricket news over the last couple of days, so I'm looking forward to this uh, episode. Exactly, it's time to get stuck in. And Zach, how are you? And more importantly... How was your cricket this week? Has has become a regular feature now in Rainstop Play. Yeah, my cricket was good. Uh, you saw I, I sent the picture of the pitch we played on. Uh, I know this is a this is an audio medium, but uh, we'll tweet it out. We'll tweet it out. Yeah, it was it's the thing of people. We will. The fact the fact you could see where every single ball had pitched, and that was only after the first innings, by the way. We then we then had to bowl on that pitch. Um, yeah, so we won the toss and batted first. I was batting down at 10, which is, you know, a little bit low for me. But You've been, you've been everywhere this season. I really have. Considering my, when I hit that 27 not out, I was batting at three. Then. So, you know, I've batted everywhere. I'm, you know, it's better than what used to happen at junior cricket. Glenn or no, I was 11, week in, week out. But so it's better than that. So I came in and we were 70 uh, for seven, sorry, 70 for eight off of about 28 overs so oh. we weren't going along at any anything great and if and if we get all out they get our overs mm. as well oh, as the overs and yeah. they get more points so i was my job was just to stay in so i scored a beautiful eight not out off of 39 deliveries wow 
What a knock. Included, oh, yeah, included a, four, a four in the penultimate over that was, even on this slowest pitch ever, the ball was not getting up above my ankles. Somehow I managed to glove the ball for four over the keeper. It like hit my glove. Just went over the 14-year-old keeper who'd been giving it to me all day. Said, said giving I reminded, it large. He, he said I reminded him of his chemistry teacher, which I was like, <laughs> I don't think that's a compliment. Oh, I'll you're getting bullied by a 14-year-old. This this is getting better week by week, these stories. Oh, Go no. on. So so you, you only had about five scoring shots then in those 39 balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I uh, I think I hit I hit three leg glances for singles. One, one was a, one was a, you know, a, a leading edge that went for a single, and then I had the glove for four. So it was some real problem. The problem was is they brought their opening bowlers back on, and who knew fourteen-year-olds could get the ball to swing? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and and banter you by the sound of it brutally. Um, yeah. Well done to that keeper. What was it again? It was your chemi- his chem- chemistry teacher. That's uh, yeah, yeah. To be fair, he did it. then come out to open the batting for them, and I was fielding a slip. I was opening the bowling and fielding a slip at the other end. The absolute yeah. ideal, you know. Perfect. All the guns. Uh, <laughs> giving him some more chat back. He exactly made a fourteen-year-old cry at the weekend. Yeah. I, had to, I was giving it back to him. I had to give it back to him. You're no like you're, you're my you're my worst student. You're the worst student I've ever taught. <laughs> No, he, he, you're gonna you're gonna get a C. You're gonna get a C in chemistry. <laughs> he ran he ran a couple of dodgy singles, so I kept reminding him of the fact he didn't want to. He he wanted to get off strike straight away. He didn't oh, fancy. Oh, brilliant! Well, what a fantastic story. Thank you again, Zach. These are these are brilliant, getting better by the week. Um, okay, we're, well we're going to start with some news, obviously. Um, but football news to start. And for those of you who have been with us through a name change and through various other guises, our fantasy football league has just finished. And you'll know that the winner receives a hundred shirts, not of their choosing. I believe we said. I can't remember if we said that the person gets to choose. Not of their choosing. So brilliantly, I'm I'm sorry this is an in-house win, but we are quite good fantasy players. So Glenn, congratulations, you won the mini league this year, 2,343 points. Um, a decent way ahead of me. I can't quite do the maths on that in second. And Zach in third, who I beat by four points, thanks to Jared Bowen coming off the bench. So shout out Jared. Thank you very, very much. Um, so, Glenn, which which hundred shirt would you like the least? I think it's now, you know, me, Will, and Zach deciding which hundred shirt you're going to get. I think we were putting some options in the chat over the week. Um, what's the worst option for you, just out of interest? <laughs> well, I mean, they're all equally bad because I despise the hundred as as a creation so much. I'm just going, I'm running through the chat so. There was, is it Southern Brave, I think it might be? They had a really horrible... So there's green, a green one. They're green and pom bears off the top of my oh, head. Exactly. So it looks like a Pakistan kit from like the 80s, but with pom bear just like planted, copied and pasted on the top. So the thing is, that would it looks horrible, but it would be a great bad gift because I think we were weighing up teams. We'll, we'll talk about this obviously in the 100 preview in, in a week or so, but um, in a couple of weeks. Um, I think that's going to be the team I adopt. So that would be a nice one because at least I could wear it and you know support a fake team. Um, the other one were the something Trent Rockets with with skips on the front. So what I like about this is at least they've matched the shirt color to the sponsor. Yes. So they've mm. gone red, yellow. There's a bit more homogeneity to it. Um, yeah. So visually, that shirt looks better. So to be honest, you probably want to get me the green one because it looks so horrible. But I'll <laughs> leave it up to you. I don't That'll have a choice. Way. <laughs> well, um, thank you to everyone thank that entered that. Um, that little mini league we will start another one when the season inevitably comes up very quickly um very soon and should we have a similar prize boys or should we try something a bit different 
I, I was thinking, Dan, um, what well, hopefully we're going to obviously put this on Twitter. We've got a few more listeners than we than we did when we started our original one. So what we want is a bigger league. I think more prizes. I think we'll do a mid-season prize coming Ooh. into Christmas. We could do yeah. one then and one final one. Really get get people involved because we, we love fantasy football. And Dan and I, listeners might not know, we actually had a, a fantasy podcast way back oh, in yeah. uni a couple of years ago. Oh, so yeah. we're all big. We're all big fantasy fans. So I think, yeah, we'll, we'll plan it out, but make sure there's a couple of prizes, I think, and really try and get our listeners involved because it's a lot of fun exactly and we'll be sure to tweet a picture of glenn in his new hundred shirt when it <laughs> arrives um whichever one he ends up getting um okay glenn let's do a bit of county championship stuff as well actually um there was a round last week it was round seven um a lot of rain stop play going on very on brand i feel like we might have cursed the county championship this year by changing the name of the pod because um rain interrupted all of these games there was only one result last week uh which was um I say amazingly, but it wasn't so much Nottinghamshire, who, since losing about 20-odd in a row across multiple seasons, have now won three championship matches in a row. Uh, they beat Worcestershire, who I tipped in our, in our pod um, from last week, if you want to go and listen to that. Just to be embarrassed myself. They won by an innings in 170 as well, to really, really rub that in. So, I guess no, not many results to talk about, Glenn, um, and not winning on a week where no one else won was huge for their chances of getting out of Group 1. But any individual performances that, that people need to, to hear about from this week? Oh, absolutely. So there's one standout, which we'll get onto in a second. But I just want to say that Nottinghamshire, thank you for for pointing out it was, it was the result of the weekend. Um, but they took 14 wickets on the final day. And Luke Fetcher got a career best seven for 37 in that. And he got, um, I want to say, a lot of wickets over the, the entire game as well. I think, it was, uh, um, I think he got 10. He must have got 10. I think he yeah. got a 10. Yeah. For, yeah, seven in that final inning. So really impressive there. Um, as you said, Dan, they've, they've done a full... Um, you know, 180 and have picked it up and they're an impressive team, uh, which is great to see this um, this season. Cause it's always disappointing when teams get in a rut, no matter who they are, unless it's Surrey. We all love to see Surrey do bad. But apart from them, if a team's in a rut for, you know, over past a season, it's a bit it's just a bit sad. So that was impressive. Standout performance, uh, hands down, goes to Darren Stevens. He's 45 years old and he hit 190 um, in Kent's first innings against Camorgan. It, it sounds incredible. Wait till you hear how many boundaries. 30 boundaries, 15 <laughs> fours, 15 sixes. I mean, he's messy. He has a strike rate of 127. It's it, it's absolutely ludicrous. And may I just add, he does that. He bats for ages. He's still bowling. He comes up and gets Marcus Labuschagne um, in the Camorgan first innings as well. So amazing. Zach, do you want to add anything about the incredible Stevens? Yeah, he also shared a, a century, I think it was a century stand. For and, the, and the rest, for the I think, and, and a few more. For, so, sorry, for the penultimate wicket. Yeah, no, 150-odd yeah. stand, 170-odd stand, sorry. And um, it, the, the batsman he was with, Cummins, was on was like one from about 60 balls at one <laughs> point as well. And like that was when they got to their 100 stand. It was, it was world class. It, it was it was an unbelievable knock. And I, I didn't watch the stream, but I, I just saw it coming through on Twitter that Darren Stevens was doing this. And he's already had his plaudits for, you know, signing of a year contract last year, age 45 with Kent. He's always in the wickets. Um, and now he's in the runs as well. And I can't see him not getting another contract for next year, to be honest with that. Uh, Kent still drew that match. Um, but that could have been a lot worse because they got to, they got to 307 all out, even with Stevens's miraculous knock. So they were in a bit of trouble there. Uh, a funny looking scorecard is uh, Gloucestershire Somerset. Somerset 308 declared and then Gloucestershire 27 for six. But then obviously yeah, Rain interrupted I, that one. 
Um, got a few little stats there. So this was a really interesting game because obviously this is two of the teams who are arguably in the best form across the three three groups, I think. Gloucestershire have really impressed us. We talked about them. If listeners haven't heard our county championship pod, would recommend that because I think we had a really good in-depth discussion with him, our Southern correspondent, about their success this season. Um, but Somerset got 300 um, for eight declared. Um, they didn't start off brilliantly. Lamanby, um, the opener, was was run out pretty early doors. Um, but Tom Abel, we joked about him coming in within the first few overs last podcast. He came in and he smashed an incredible 132 not out. Um, there's a lot of talk saying the classic thing, if he was playing for Surrey or even Middlesex, he'd probably be seen as a future England captain. I think there's some substance to that. He really is an excellent captain and an excellent batsman in really good nick. And Lewis Gregory got 57 coming in quite low down the order. So they posted a good score. And what's really interesting is um, Gloucestershire only batted for 14.2 overs. And in that time, as you mentioned, um, Somerset got six wickets, including a wicket, I think, with the final um, ball um, of the entire game with the rain, which got them an extra bowling point. So it was actually a very decent win for Somerset because they got some batting points and bowling points and the draw points, which is going to come into play later in the season. That's so that's really well spotted then, actually on that on that on that bowling bonus point because that that could come down to them getting promoted. We we chatted in the, in the last pod about how how close that um, those leagues are at the minute. Absolutely. And just one more thing. I just want to say that Craig Overton, we'll come on to him later in this pod. Mm, he got four wickets um, in under eight overs. Brilliant <laughs> stuff. Um, Zach, anything you want to say about this game? Uh, not about this game, actually. I just wanted to call out that Tim said not to go up. And yes. it's and, well, not to go up, but, you know, to go through to Div 1. And it's looking good. They've, you know, they've won three in a row now. They're, they're top of that league and they've they've played a game less than Essex. And, so, and Tim uh, tipped Gloucestershire. So he's now pretty much two for two. And I, as I said at the top of this news bit, tipped Worcestershire, who got battered and looked terrible and haven't won yet. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. Last one on County Champs, um, Hampshire-Leicestershire, which for some reason started on Wednesday last week. I've got no idea why. Do you know all oh, Zach knows? Go on. Um, apparently it's because of the intra-squad game that New Zealand are having so they can have time in between uh, that uh, that makes sense nice well well spotted Zach we're really on it aren't we here at Rain Stop Play uh, anyway that game started a day early but uh, we had a second innings forfeit the rain was that bad and Hampshire were all over Leicestershire that they just forfeited their second innings tried to bowl Leicestershire out I think Leicestershire needed like 100 and a bit like 170 uh, got to 26 for in that second innings but in Leicestershire's 84 all out you had Mohamed Abbas and Carl Abbott taking nine out of the ten wickets in that first innings. And we spoke about how lethal they are. Um, and just one more game I just want to really briefly point to was the London derby between um, Surrey and Middlesex. Real shame that the rain impacted this one because it would have been a really good finish. We all, a lot of us, um, I know Zach and I think I think Tim definitely was having a watch of the, of the stream of this. Um, basically, Middlesex fell 40 short in their run chase. Surrey got 190 and 259 for two. They declared they wanted to attack the game, which we like to see. Middlesex got 160 in their first innings and a very, very impressive 250 for six in the second inning so the chase was very much on for both of them on england watch i do want to point out that there was an excellent 104 not out for burns um we will get on to that in a minute and stoneman has been coming through with a few more runs he got a very tidy 74 as well um yeah zach would you want to add and ollie pope's uh whatever it was 30 37 not out brought his average at the oval back above 100 so the average Ooh. is over a hundred at the Oval. So, and that must, that must be from that must be from a lot of games as well. If he's a Surrey boy, that's got to be 
15 plus championship matches. Yeah, can't wait for it to play a test there. Yes, let's let's hope for something good there. Um, so yeah, plenty of county championship stuff as always. Um, as Glenn mentioned, our last pod was a full review of the first six rounds of the county champ. If you want to get a more detailed uh, chat about the county champs, um, and we'll always keep you up to date on it anyway. Okay, Zach, there is some news around Indian women. Some quite Im- important news, really. Some quite um, some quite interesting news that is is bubbling away, but you think might might lead to something pretty big soon. Yeah, so it's so it came to light. I think it was it was a really good article by Isabel Westbury, who I'm sure a few of us follow on Twitter. Great journalist, ex ex women's cricketer, and about how the the Indian women haven't received their prize money from the 2020 what Women's World Cup, which was you know over a year ago now. It was back in January, February 2020, if memory serves me correctly. And obviously, most teams would have received theirs within. You know, a week, two weeks of the tournament finishing, they were due they due three hundred and fifty thousand pounds to to split between them, and that is, you know, if they split that evenly between them, it's it's almost a year's salary for some of those players. Like it's a it's been described by an an unnamed BCCI administrator as a, it's a life changing amount of money for them. Yeah. So the fact they haven't got it yet is 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 insane, and there's been lots and lots of coverage around this on Twitter. It's really you know, it's a storm's been brewing and they have now said that they will receive it next week, which is which is fantastic. And it's, you know, they deserve it. They were really good in that World Cup, got to the final. And then, yeah, the fact they haven't been paid is, is, is mental and they haven't, you know, they haven't played a game since then. I don't think either. And yeah, and there was there was the there wasn't the women's IPL, but there was the women's, you know, cricket tournament that went mm. on that was four games that it's was just a bit a weird bit... wasn't it that just felt really uh tokenistic is that a word it was oh, just like a token yeah. here's, here's a few mm. games you know especially when you yeah. compare it to you know women's bbl we'll have the women's hundred. um i think women's coverage in the uk is getting better for sure we'll also compare it to the fact that it was during the ipl they managed to fit a full ipl in yeah. during covid their, their men's test side have managed to play, you know, multiple test matches now. It's 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 not good. It's not a good look for the BCCI. So they need to, you know, work on. Well, you know, they've got a few issues there. Yeah, and this is in the context of a, a move in the last, you know, it's gained traction in the last couple of weeks, but it's obviously been in discourse for much much longer about equal pay for 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 women and men cricketers, especially in India. Um, that's been there's been a lot of talk about that. So this really does hammer home. I know that the um, the, the the board I think has blamed COVID for the for the delay in those payments, but I mean they just can't. It's just excuses, isn't it? Really, I don't yeah. think any of us are really buying that. No, uh, that's that you can't just fall back on COVID anymore. Come on, it's it's been out um, there for 14, 15 months. We all know. We all to, know. COVID to, to cash there. a check, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, exactly. it's not that hard. Um, very interesting. I think something that we want to consider in the future is definitely us um, broadening our coverage of women's cricket. And I think the hundred might be a good way to, to look into that. Cause I know they, the hundred for a lot of their ills seem from my perspective to at least try to um, push the women's cricket as much as they are pushing the men's, at least on the websites that I've been visiting recently. Yeah. It's like, it's like they've had a clean slate with the hundreds and they can just build both tournaments up, you know, at that's, that's the same time, you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm, I was doing some research about the Rugby League World Cup for reasons I don't want to get into, but they're <laughs> playing they're, they're playing that tournament in the UK this year, the men's, the women's and the wheelchair event uh, concurrently. So it's all going on at the same time. So there's definitely a lot of that going around some of Much the better. lower profile or newer tournaments. So 
Um, but a good story to spot Zach and one to, to keep an eye out on. Um, one sort of light-hearted note, I guess, to end the news is, um, I don't know if you boys saw this, I think a lot of us might have on Twitter, was uh, Aaron Brindle, the former England cricket player, sharing a century stand with her son um, in a club match, which I think was pretty cool, isn't it? Um, to to be a, a very successful England cricketer and then to rock up at your club with your son and just, just knock a 100 is pretty nice. See, I used to do that with Tim quite a lot, but our stand would be about three, and one of us would run the other out. So I, we didn't I don't, I don't think Tim has a Test hundred against Australia either, does he? <laughs> um, and there was one more bit of news. You don't want to miss it, Zach. You had some discussion about cricket in Spain just before we move on. That was that was really interesting. Yeah, so uh, in in Barcelona, they've they gave citizens the vote on how they wanted to spend this thirty million package they were going to spend on on you know amateur sport and cr- a cricket ground was the uh, was the highest voted thing i know it's it's it That's seems crazy bad, but yeah cricket has been booming in catalonia but there's no there just isn't anywhere to play it my one of my good friends he's moved out to barcelona last year and play, he plays for a club that was quoted in the guardian article and there's there's a plan to convert this a dirt field into an astro pitch because at the moment they play it, he's showing pictures of the pitches and they play on it's just like sand and then they'll put down like a plastic thing. But this is another great thing for women's cricket. This this whole initiative has been uh, run by by a bunch of um, women from Indian and Pakistani origin, trying to push the game forward. And although lots of most of most of the people who play cricket are expats, for example, my friend's team, Barcelona International Cricket Club. Just a bit of a shout out there. What a they name! Have, I'd love a players shirt. From, yeah, they have players from England, Australia. You know, all, all of the That's test playing nations. I think you know, from the subcontinent as well. But yeah, so hopefully that will mean maybe more local involvement as well if they can get. I mean, but it's a good thing as well. And also, the weather's great for cricket, so they should just play cricket. I think England should start playing test matches in Spain. Really. Well, well that was going to be my next question. Let's say this really builds and Spain all of a sudden becomes an ICC member. What what would the pitches be like in Spain? You know, what what sort of cricket do you reckon we'd oh, start Valencia, seeing? Valencia, Valencia CC. Oh. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm thinking spin friendly. I'm thinking spin friendly. I'm thinking dry, you know, worn out pitches. You know, it could be you know the European Europe's India. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Although if it would, it could be really varied actually, because in the Basque country it rains just as much as it does here. So you could have seeming conditions in the Basque country, and then you go down to play in Valencia or or even more dry in you know Seville, and it's a dust bowl. Well, I think to your point, Zach, of England playing test matches over in Spain, let's get let's let's host India and just 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 put an absolute dust bowl, an Ahmedabad-esque <laughs> pitch, and just see if we can beat them over there in in quote unquote home conditions by then. I'm still not salty about that test series, by the way. I've let that test series <laughs> go. I'm still not pained by that month of of cricket. Um, brilliant boys, and we'll link those articles we referenced um, in the tweet when this, when this is um, put online. But we must get into the main. Uh, section of this podcast uh, which is to preview uh, this two test match series between England and New Zealand uh, first test starts on Thursday the 2nd of June at Lords and then the second a week later at beautiful lovely Edgebaston uh, exciting series boys I always enjoy watching England play New Zealand I don't know what it is I think um, I have good memories of these test matches the test match in 2015 at Lords for example I like New Zealand as a team so even if they do well, I kind of I don't feel as angry as I do perhaps um, if India are beating England. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm excited for this one. Um, let's start with England though. I don't know where do you want to start with selection issues. I'm going to start by throwing um, an angry cat amongst some pigeons here. 
Joffre Arch is injured. He we hope he gets better soon. Uh, he is. I think he's had an off on his elbow again, or at least a, a more substantial operation. I think this is an easier pick for the England team. I think the team looks a bit better. The Test team looks a bit better without Joffre Archer in it. And I think Robinson and Overton and Wood are all better options than Joffre Archer in Test matches to to accompany Borden Anderson. Please discuss and talk about the pace bowling in general. I for me. And I love Joffre Archie. He's a very good white ball player and he's a proven test match bowler as well. I just think the balance of the attack looks a little bit better. And when he is fit, the selectors feel like they have to pick him. And then we get all worked up when he bowls 85 mile an hour for one over because he's knackered. So I just think this is a better thing for the English team attack. Wow. Wow, that is, that's that, I, that is, I was not expecting that. I <laughs> just open up with that big voice. Yeah, wasn't even planning on talking about Joffre Archer because obviously he's not in the squad. No, I find a way to get him in every time. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Joffre, you know, more for his white ball exploits, of course. You know, <laughs> that super over, you know, everything else he's done. Like, he's a fan, he's, you know, he's top three white ball bowlers in the world. I'd say pace bowlers in the world. Yeah, definitely. Test bowler, he's, you know, he's, he's yet to prove, he's yet to prove us, you know, he's yet to prove himself. He's had a few good tests that that debut at lords was you know some brilliant bowling there he's had some some less good performances and you know when he bowls a bit slower everyone immediately is you know getting very angry that he he's bowling a little bit slower and i don't think it's totally his fault i think it's a you know a management thing and also if you can't bowl at 90 miles an hour every ball you can't bowl at 90 miles an hour every ball I can't bowl at 90 miles an hour every ball. Neither can Joffre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, I mean, that isn't news there, Zach. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair enough on Archer. Glenn, I want to hear what you say about him as well. But do we want to reveal what we think the first pace attack should be uh, on this Lord's pitch um, before we start talking about individuals? So for me, I have gone Anderson and Broad and I'm still not quite sure. I'm now regretting that because I feel like this is a two test series in which England are going to experiment a little bit and just give a couple guys blood a couple guys so maybe they won't play both of them but i've got broad anderson and robinson uh, as the paces yeah I, I think it might be worth actually dan dipping just into our 11s because the lack of all-rounders um george debell did a very good preview which i'm going to reference in in our discussion of this because he laid it out really nicely a lot of england's all-rounders um your currens wokes uh, alleys they are not in the squad because of the the whole ipl um debacle basically at this point um which rumbles on i don't know whether we'll get time to talk about it later but there has been some discussion with with um with india and england over moving one of the, the one of the tests big to accommodate to accommodate the ipl which which basically shows how this saga rolls on and on and on and how mm-hmm. covid has really disrupted cricket but i think it might be worth just running through our teams because i think i think you're right because there is a real um, issue. Either you're going to go batsman heavy or bowlers heavy. Um, so I, so either you're going to go four seamers and be a batsman light, I think, or you're going to go, um, yeah, five seamers be a batsman light or four and vice versa. So my team, and there's a lot of question marks. I'm looking forward to talking about this. Opening up, I've got, I'll just go down the batting order, basically. Sibley, Burns, Bracey, Root, Pope, Folks, And then bowling, again, I'm up to discuss this. Definitely Overton. I've got Overton, Stone, Leach, who may or may not play, Broad, Anderson. So, Zach, what do you think? <laughs> not happy I mean, with that? Zach, I think we both, I think we both have the same point here. Have you, have, are you dropping Zach Crawley, Glenn? 
Well, yeah, I so so I've got Bracey and then brackets I've got Lawrence slash Crawley and I did a little bit of research just before we got on the before we got on the pod and in terms of scores in the county championship Bracey Lawrence Crawley last six games not much between them lots of low scores lots of pretty high scores Crawley got a massive um, score very recently I think it was 150 plus in the last week or so but generally speaking I can't really pick between the three three so if you want to go four bowlers yes i'll bring crawley in and i feel a bit bad leaving lawrence out but i think four bowlers with covid and bubble stuff if you've got an injury you do not want to be playing new zealand with three an injury during the game with three bowlers what do you guys think i, I yeah crawley's the question mark i haven't like tossed it aside i just think it's a really difficult 11 to pick yeah so i've got i've got crawley lawrence and bracy in my 11 Wow, on, how have you done that? I'll tell you what, before you start, mate, we normally always have the same 11, so this is very exciting for podcast. Yeah, yeah. so we've finally done something a bit different. So, first of all, I think there are three options for our opening pair. Because Bracey can open, Bracey has opened, kind of similar as Crawley, sometimes bats at three, sometimes opens. There are three options. Either we go Burns and Sibley, bit boring, don't think it's the long-term option for England, but mm. it's probably the option they're going to go for. Then there's the really out there visionary option of Sibley and Bracey together, which is what <laughs> I've gone for. And then you could go that middle of the horrible. road. You could go middle of the road and go Burns and Bracey because Sibley is coming back from an injury. He had his first innings back, got, you know, gritty 40 odd. So they yeah. could use the excuse of, oh, Sibley's still coming back from an injury and we want to give Bracey a go. I think that could be a way they'd go to get Bracey in there. But I want to see Sibley Bracey. It's the long-term option. Wow, mate, that is so rogue. Even for you, that is just a little <laughs> bit. That's a little bit different. Um, I'm 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 interested in in the Bracey pick from both of you there, and I I think we'll get a test match. Um, one of these two. I've not got him in my eleven for the first one because I think they'll want to have him in around the squad for a bit and then bring him in for the second one. I don't know. Uh, I've also not got him anywhere near the top three. I'd, I'd have him um probably at five or six depending on where um what waiting England do with their bowling attack and i know that's not where he bats for county level but it seems to be an england thing that they, they hide a new batsman in at six and let them get you know used to the team first i think that's a really good point i just, I just want to jump in with zach saying you know burns kind of might be the boring pick i just want to run through his last scores um re- most recent first 64 104 not out 55 75 80 Eight and fifty-four. Keep I mean, coming, what ben. more can the exactly. man do? Keep it coming. What more Keep can he that. do? And and why would you I, I not don't open think with he's him? the ball ring pick. And I've got Burns, he is Crawley is that top three is the the holy trinity. We worked this out last summer, boys. We had it, and now now we're getting a bit excited. I think. I think so, and I can see so Zach, like the, the Sibley. What might be helpful for England certainly is that the Sibley injury thing might make this a bit easier because they can lean on that. I totally agree, yeah, yeah. and that's a question mark for me. And yeah, I think. I don't, I'm not trying to get like I do want to squeeze Crawley into this team. It's not as if I've just dropped him by any means. Um, I think it's difficult, but I mean I just can't believe that you didn't put Burns into open. I think he he's had an I don't know what more he could have done this season for the selectors. Mm-hmm. I know he he's been very good. He has been very good for but. Surrey. <laughs> for Surrey he's been very good. For England he was he's been you know not very good for a, quite a while now. I know he's been very good for Surrey, but, you know, he was very good for Surrey for a lot of years before he got picked up for England. And then, you know, was pretty decent in the Ashes and 
in that winter and that but then you know hasn't been very good for the last you know year or so wasn't in the best of form last summer I know the conditions were difficult over the winter and he didn't play the Sri Lanka series, but but he, yeah, he has been really good. I'm not against Burns. I just kind of wanted to go for something a little bit left field to spark debate. And So well, you, you've successfully done that, mate. Well done. Well done on the <laughs> yeah. whole debate thing. Um, on the Sibley thing, I'd, I'd, to be fair, I I forgot about his injury. I think they might lean on that hard, as you said, Glenn, because he's... He didn't have any runs before he got injured. Then he's been injured. I was surprised to even see him in the squad. So maybe he's just going to be around it for a little bit, just getting back to fitness again. Uh, does anyone have any more insight on whether he he might actually play or not? Well, well he, played, he played on the weekend for Warwickshire, but I think it's interesting because it's a finger injury, which I think could be something that could, when you're coming back from it, obviously your fingers are so at risk when you're batting. Yes. <laughs> you, are, you are very lucky <laughs> yeah, to hit right. your fingers. So I feel like it could massively affect his confidence. Like he, he yeah, and I, like from, if you're trying to protect an injury, sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And I know he supposedly he looked very assured for his 43 in over the weekend, but you know, I, and I I do think it might be the case that England will will lean on it and just be like, we want to give Bracey a go. So this yeah. is kind of the way we're gonna do it. Okay, so if we okay, that's just we could even envision that maybe we are we are the selectors, right? Just for this discussion, we're trying yes, to yes, put together trying to put together an eleven. Does it is it easier? I think for all three of us, there can be some agreement that we can lean on the injury and we can therefore just maybe say Sibley the second test. Should we say bench him for this first? I I I, I can come on board with that, Glenn. If I understand James Bracey's situation, forgive my ignorance. Is he an opener for Gloucestershire? He sometimes opens, he sometimes bats three. I've been very impressed. He, he didn't do well over the weekend, but no one did for Gloucestershire in that, no, that 27th. Yeah. Whatever. But the last game against Somerset, he looked so assured. He looked like he was batting on a different pitch to everyone else in his century. And I think Gloucestershire only managed around 300 and something, which included quite a few runs from the lower order. Not many of the other top order batsmen did anything and he, he just looked a cut above everyone else and also you know it'll be good him not playing for Gloucestershire for these next couple of weeks yeah. <laughs> from a Somerset perspective yes. but also I think he's you know he looks he looks the part okay let, let, sorry mate let, let me come on board with him then and I'll drop Sibley out of my team um, and we'll just say we'll say he's injured for the first test right so now I'm putting I'm opening bracing jeez I do not like the look of that Okay, so me and Glenn both want Rory Burns opening. So he's saying a Burns and Bracey opening partnership with then Crawley at three feels a little bit safer to me. Um, The only other option would be Bracey at three if you wanted him to not open and have Crawley at two. And while we're talking about this, boys, should we just contextualise it a little bit and and ask ourselves, you know, are we looking long-term in these two games or are we blooding a few people for this India series and, and trying to get a future balance of this team which has been a bit we've a bit undecided aren't we it's not set in stone yet so what is this series I think with with the um, uh, IPL boys being unavailable I think that naturally lends itself to some experimentation but at the same time I think we need to have our eye on the ashes and we need to be playing decent teams obviously the India test just the way this is going will probably not necessarily be the the 
bigger test because I really do rate New Zealand and I think they'll probably win one of the games. We'll, we'll get on to predictions at the end. But I think they're a very, very good test side. That's why they're playing in the World Test Championships in a couple of weeks. Um, so I don't think this is really just like a, maybe, for example, like the Island uh, ODIs we covered literally about a year ago where it really Gosh, was just yeah. who feels like a game. A bit like... <laughs> bit like zach's club stick your hand up if you want to get heckled by a 14 year old um but i think it it is it's a mixture and i think combinations are going to work here i feel like as in figuring out what combinations work so which bowlers work well in tandem together which potential openers burns and bracy for example do they do they have a bit of rhythm and yeah i think our bowlers especially there's going to be some new ones and we're obviously talking about putting bracy in but were if Sibley was fully fit, I think there'd be a, a stronger case to be playing our top five as we see it in the in the Ashes. Um, but a lot of room. We've got two tests, so we've got a yeah. lot of room for rotation. I actually can't believe that is what you're annoyed about about my test eleven. You haven't even heard the rest of it yet. Oh well, <laughs> well let, let, let's oh, should, we, should we start moving down the order then, boys? Yeah, let's do it. We've got the top three out of the way, um, which is always quite a painful task normally. Uh, but that'll be interesting. I like your point, Glenn, that without Stokes and without Stokes, the whole balance of the yeah. team is messed up. So this is the time to kind of have a little play around and hope for the best. No disrespect to this series on New Zealand, obviously. So root at four, obviously. Can we can we yep. move on from that? <laughs> OK, excellent. Right. So the issue now is with no Stokes, who would normally slot in at five, you lose a bowler. So you've got a pure batsman playing at five. Yep. Zach's smirking like he's bringing, I don't know, as someone daft in will come on Overton. to it. yeah over to Overton in at five all round <laughs> so at five for me I have had a little change around since we've been talking at five for me I'm putting Ollie Pope and That's who I've got there. is he all in our 11s by the way because he has an unbelievable okay is he not at five for you Zach sorry he's nodding I forget this is a podcast no uh Lawrence he's at six at for five. me. Lawrence is at five. Yeah. Okay, right. So you well, uh, so you've got you've both got Lawrence five, Pope six, yeah. I didn't have Lawrence in my original eleven. I was just guessing Zach's okay. there. Oh, excuse me, Glenn. So um, Zach, you've gone Root, Lawrence, Pope, folks. Yes. Wonderful. I don't mind that. I don't I mind don't that. Mind but that if you got, is that four bowlers for you, Zach? Is this where we're going to have the well, discussion? Well, well. I, I think the re- part of the reasoning of Lawrence uh, is that Lawrence can, can bowl a bit of spin. No, 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 my point is Root and Lawrence will do the job. Like, you know, Lawrence less so, but Root can do the job considering, like you said, it's been raining for four weeks. Okay, so cool. So folks at seven, run me through your four seamers then below him. This is where this is where the tail starts quite high. <laughs> You're wagging so, um, firmly. The thing is, I'm I, I'm I'm still between Robinson and Overton. I think I'm going to go Robinson. Robinson Wood Broad Anderson is what I've gone for. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've got nothing. I've got nothing against that, apart from the fact. Oh, well, I've I've picked Leach, Glenn, and more. And I know I just I just bantered you for saying picking and saying Lawrence can bowl when it's not been turning, but oh gosh, this is so like anti England picking. You need a spinner. You need a spinner. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Well, so you haven't put Overton. Is that because you want him playing for Somerset, Zach? Or he's going to be in the squad anyway, right? So I, I'm I'm a little unclear on if they can still play. Environment, Glenn, anyway. So you're, you've already <laughs> lost him. No, I'm I'm going to be I'm. 
I'm picking. I was. I'm between Robinson and Overton. To be honest, I think they they both deserve a test. I think well, they're going to get one each. I I, yeah, I, I think exactly. I'll just get one each. So just pick whichever one you fancy first. So I kind of like the look of um, Ollie Stone as well, just because I liked him when when he did when he did play a little bit. Um, I think it was one game against India, if I'm correct. I think. Um, Ollie Stone wasn't in there because for me it was between him and Wood and the only reason I went for Stone was because again a bit of fresh blood giving them a chance Did, were you were you really firm on your Broad Anderson Wood Robinson what, yeah where were you at with that Zach were you pretty firm on the bowlers uh, Broad and Anderson I was relatively firm on but but Wood and Wood and Robinson again kind of both interchangeable I'd, I'd like to see Robinson switch for Overton after a test and Wood switch for Stone then kind of those four bowlers get one test each kind of thing. just I, disgusting. I, Sorry, Sorry, but like, I feel like exactly what you're about to say, Dan, is will can will Broad and Anderson do both Test matches? I, I want to. But... I strong I strongly doubt though. Of course they'll want to, and I suspect they'll play Broad first up after what happened last summer when they dropped him. Um, but we were just described there. We've got six pacemen, right? Robinson, Overton, Woodstone, Broad Anderson. In my head, right? Robinson and Overton are very similar bowlers. Uh, Wood and Stone are your pacemen. Broad and Anderson, are you experienced, beautiful, unbelievable seamers? Probably play th- three of them in the one test and three of them in the other. Maybe literally give them one game each. They Changing the, the three out gives you the same balance of attack in different styles of bowling, whilst giving everybody a game and everybody a rest at the same time. Um, what do we think about that, potentially? I think we'd need four, right, per per game instead of the three. So someone's... I've, well, I know, I've played three in a three in a spinner. Oh, you just, okay. just, just knacker them basically just just ruin them in one test and then they have to rest for the next one i th- i think we'd probably want four seamers um whether you're going for the the more bowlers or not that's why i went with the extra bowler into the extra batsman if that makes sense um yeah. earlier in my 11 um so i am leaning towards dropping leech and playing four seamers in this attack i think that's where we might be finding some common ground with if if you can uh, stomach getting rid of Leach and trusting Root to bowl some, I mean Dan's shaking his head. Is there is there? Okay, so I guess the, the imagine the circumstance being it, it, the pitch is not looking brilliant for spin as we're expecting. Where do you stand if it's just looking like a paradise for seamers? For me, you know, Axar Patel got people out with the straight ball. It doesn't have to be spinning. And again, I like to bring the our man about to test in as much as possible. I just am I getting a bit too traditional here and then you just you just need a spinner in. Am I just put picking him for absolutely no reason in and the only reason I'm picking him is that you need a seaman uh, a spinner in an eleven. Um I think I am because now the more I spoke to you boys, I think you can just drop him. And Root's a very competent bowler. Yeah, well one stat I think we might have just mentioned it before we went on air, Dan, was that there's only been the middle sex have only taken one wicket at Lords this season. But on the flip with side, spin. when with Leach with spin, with spin, <laughs> well, they've been pretty bad, not quite, uh, not quite that bad. Um, yeah, with spin, but but on the counter, on the counter side, um, Leach did take four when he was playing there for Somerset. So I don't think that actually gives us a brilliant amount of clarity because it, it shows that he's doing a good job. Um, Zach, I mean, where I guess maybe I, I was happy to move away from Leach, but Dan seems pretty pretty stuck with that. Where are you at, Zach, with the, with the spinner? I, I mean, where I'm at with the spinner is I'm happy. I'm, I would happily back the spinner. What I don't like is I don't like changing the full attack after one test. I just, I don't know. That just, 
I, I don't agree. know. There's something about it. I, I'm not sure exactly why, but I just, so, just don't like that. So who cause... gets who gets two games for you then? Which of these teams get two tests against New Zealand? Broad. Yes. Yeah. See, I. I agree I, with that. I, I, and if, let's say I, he's the fourth seamer. Sorry, Glenn. Then maybe no, no, you can no. keep him and rotate the three, if that makes sense. I might have gone for Overton for both tests, actually. I think he's the highest wicket taker in the county championship. I think he's he's bowling exceptionally well. I mean, I can't remember him bowling better in, in the time I've been following his career. And, you know, he's been doing very well for a while. I think you've got to back one of the players who's new into the fold, who you think can do a job going forward i think you've got to back one of them and for me right now that would be overton i would happily take here a case for robinson if you think he's going to do better i think you need consistency with one of the new guys that's just my take on it i'm a big fan of that i really yeah, like that point. i was nodding very hard while you were saying that glenn very good big fan of that and also i'm very interested to see because there's been lots of talk over overton gaining a yard of pace but obviously in the county championship they don't have a a speed o- well, speedometer, is they call speed it a speed gun. gun. Yeah, speed a, gun. A policeman so, behind although, the bowler's arm. Although they are, at, they have actually been trialling it on Somerset's stream, but it was the game he wasn't playing in, which is just classic. I but, how did the trial go out of interest? Was it anywhere near accurate? Does anybody know? I I actually don't know. I think they only had it for like a little bit. It was a game that was really rain. It was the, it was the Surrey game. There was only 60 overs in the whole four days. So eh, Not a bad time to try it. Anyway, sorry, you, your point. So, yeah. So it would be interesting to see him clock in what speed he's clocking in the in the test arena. I don't think he's going to be, you know, pushing high 80s necessarily, but his, he's, definitely become, he's definitely become more accurate yeah. since he last and played for England. I just want to build off Glenn's point a bit because I, I really ranted and raved about Overton when we briefly chatted about the squad selection in a news piece. <laughs> and I don't regret that because that's how I feel. But also, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very much happy... <laughs> I'm very much happy with, as Glenn said, to give one of these new... I mean, Overton's got a few test caps. I don't know how many. Maybe maybe four, maybe, maybe four. five. Um, so why not give him these two tests as the new guy, in, in quotation marks, newer guy, who has the experience already to try and really cement a place in this team. Um, whereas Robinson, who will make his debut, have one game, see how he get on, and probably come back for the India series. I, I really like that. And and I'd have... I'd, 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 start again. I'd be happy to see Overton do well. Don't get me wrong, but he's just underwhelmed in the last every time I've seen him play. So this is a chance for him. He's clearly in a bit of form, as you mentioned, Glenn, to really do a job in in probably friendly conditions. You know, the pitches won't be dry because of the weather we've had. I think the weather due to be better next week when the test starts. Um, so the pitches might be conducive. So yeah, I think I like that. I think we're getting somewhere, boys. I think as a selector, as, as three selectors, we're just, we're just hashing it out, aren't we? I think we are, and just let's just okay. So, are we happy to say Overton's in at least for the first test? Are we and, he can hold, and he can hold a bat as well, so I don't mind if he's the top of the table. That, that's exactly what I was going to say. So, just for our listeners, because I know we've been we've been chatting quite a bit the last like twenty minutes, I'm going to just run through what I think we've put forward as the as the first yes, eight, which idea. is Burns, Bracey, Crawley, Root, Lawrence, Pope, Folks, Overton. And I think we have another just couple of people to finalise, if that sounds correct with you I guys. I think we're happy with Broad, at least in the first test. I would agree. I would like and Broad he, in the he's first Broad test. Well for Knotts, he, he, he seems in good nick. Um, it's then whether it's then whether Broad and Anderson play together. Um, and which other seamer you pick? Two more. Two more to pick. And and the Leech discussion is still is still viable here as well, I think. 
Let's, should we speak in terms of Leach not playing to start and just find two seamers we want? I think you've got to have one or wood, one of Wood or Stone to mix the yep. uh, attack up and have a pure paceman there. I'd go Wood because he's the more experienced one and he's been bowling well for Durham and then give Stone the next game. And like regardless, I think they'll get one each. Yep, I would happily see. I, I, I love watching Wood bowl in test conditions. I think he's a really exciting bowler. Yeah. Um, so that yeah. gives us, I think that leaves us with one more. Um, I think that leaves us can... with whether you play Robinson or, and providing we're not playing Wood and Stone together, it's one of Robinson or Anderson and Anderson at Lords, a bit cloudy, nipping it about. That sounds fun, doesn't it? I'd rather give Anderson a Lords pitch than an Edge Baston pitch. That's exactly what I was thinking. With the hill as well and the experience, I think it comes, you know, those conditions are more particular, so the experience will help. Whereas Edge Baston, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure Eddie Robinson's played played at both before, yeah. but but you know, Anderson's played at Lords a few more times, I reckon. <laughs> hey, whisper it, boys. But do we do we have an eleven for that first test? I think I think we do. I'm I'm a bit nervous again. Uh, if Wood, for example, was to pull up, and then we we're going to be stuck with the bowlers. But I think using um, a bit of collaboration in the last 15 minutes, which has been very really good. enjoyable. Very good work, um, from us, eh? We can we can run through. So we have Burns, Bracey, Crawley, Root, Lawrence, Pope, Folks, Overton, Broad, Wood, Anderson. I mean, I like the look of that team. That's a pretty exciting team. I, I already can't wait till the morning of June the second to see how wrong or right we might be on this. <laughs> so excited. I, I'd also like to point out my my brilliant negotiating skills in the fact that I have actually got pretty much all of my eleven into our eleven. You have. You have certainly just just brought me and Ben on side, haven't you? You've been sat there smirking at us both oh, while we were just flustering yeah. over it. I went out there with Sibley and Bracey, knowing if I went out there with Sibley and Bracey, I'd get what I really want, which is Burns and Bracey. <laughs> I said Robinson just to pander to the anti-Somerset guild over really? there. In That's textbook, mate. It's like I've gone to buy a car. It's worth about 10 grand. I've said, I'll give you five. And then they're like, mm, seven and a half. Okay, yeah, deal. That, that's what that opening partnership is to me because Bracey was nowhere near this first team for me at all. I went, I, I initially came to this with, with your, your classic front three of, of Burns, Sibley, Crawley, which in my head is still the long-term future of this side, by the way, um, depending on performances in this series. But I, agree. I, I, I think agree. the one thing we might struggle on is, is, is the spinner. And who's to say they won't play Lawrence and Pope and they play, you know, Pope at five for example folks at six and play four seamers in a spinner I, kn- I know we're struggling without stokes as that next option but do you think england will go with five bowlers i that's a decision they've got to make it's a tough one it's you go, as we kind of discussed in the last 20 minutes or so are you going slightly top heavy on the batting or or bowling it's it, yeah the lack of genuine all-rounders is what this team is seriously lacking um but that said, I mean, it's not as if Stokes has been bowling a huge amount when he's been playing. He's just, I genuinely think a lot of the time for England, um, especially in tests, he's there for his batting. So It's so I, true. It's so true. And he's just sort of there as a comfort blanket. You know, he can yeah, bowl if you need him to. Occasionally. <laughs> but then often in tests, we do also have that number eight who can, who is who is an all-rounder. I know Overton can hold a bat, but he's not really proved it in, in test matches. Whereas Wokes, you know, he, he has... He has test match hundreds. hundreds. Where is Chris Wokes? Where, where's Chris Wokes? IPL. Uh, oh, he's IPL. IPL, rested. IPL Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. Play that one game. Phew. I thought something had gone horribly wrong there. Okay. Fine. No. Yeah. Would be, I think he, he would be great for this team because be then we play Leach. Right I'll play him. 
and and he, yeah. you know he take he take it by the balls as well because he's been dropped for the past few. He really he's cracking it. He's so good at Lords as well. His record at Lords is outrageous. So that he's is got a century game. there. Century and the six for I think against Pakistan. Not in the same game, but that six was against Pakistan. Okay, I think we're good there, boys. And it'll be interesting to see what they do do. Should we just chat more? You know, it's about selection for five minutes and just players you're excited to see in an English shirt again. I mean, for me. I want to see Pope get a stack of runs um, just because I think he's our future number three, probably, at some point. Um, and a great opportunity for Ben Folks as well. First time we'll be wicketkeeping in England. So, yeah, I mean, any names you want to you want to just shout out for, for this series that you're looking forward to watching? There's there's quite a few. And I do want to say this seems like quite a likeable team. Yes. I feel like very much unlike, you know, some of the... Uh, especially in football, some of the England teams have been pretty, uh, pretty awful and unlikable. Especially the golden generation, I couldn't stand them. Um, this is just a, seems like a team, seems like a really likable group of people. Um, interesting. We've got probably got to mention Ed Smith uh, moving on from his role with the team. And Broad actually said in an interview this week that he didn't think that his talent was appreciated by Smith. Um, and that was quite interesting. So I don't, I don't really have a hugely strong opinion on Ed Smith. I think he, he did some things right, some things wrong. It's a tough, it's a tough job. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how popular he was with the players, especially not with Broad. That's that's obvious. Um, Burns want to see some runs from Burns. I really just to put his doubters Zach um, away for <laughs> ten minutes. Uh, I would love to see folks get some runs. Uh, I would love to see that. And if Overton plays, I'm sure he'll play one of them. If he got a Pfeiffer, I'd be delighted because I think he's put in the hard yards this county season. He's the wicket taker. I mean, what more can you do? Um, yeah, I, then who who doesn't want to see Anderson at Lords, as you said? That's just exciting for everyone, isn't it? Yeah, I mean you've summed it up so well there, Glenn. I'm <laughs> I'm very excited to watch England play Test cricket again. <laughs> I'm also I'm very at. excited to watch New Zealand, who we could maybe we might we might yeah. talk about. Should we chat about, about them? That seems we should. That seems like we should in in a preview podcast, shouldn't we? Um, so they bought a squad of 20 people. Um, that'll get reduced to 15 ahead of the World Test Championship, which of course. They'll be playing at the Aegeus Bowl uh, at the, the end of June. Uh, they have two not debutants yet. They've got they've had their maiden squad call up, and then Doug Bracewell has come back. Um, I'll mention the two um, potential cap winners: uh, Ratchin Ravindra, who's an all-rounder who bowls a little bit of spin, I believe, and then Jacob Duffy, who is uh, a seamer. I hate to be, you know, let's just talk about England, but I, I, what do we have to say about New Zealand boys, other than? This is a quality test outfit, um, and I'm excited to see them play again. Yeah, I think um, Devon Conway as well, if, if I'm right, Zach, I think would be making his test debut if, if he if he did play as well. So that would be yes. three potential debutants in there. A um, couple of stories. I mean, we talked just before we went on air that BJ Watling, who is the wicketkeeper batsman, really talented player, seems like a really just all-round nice guy. He is retiring after the two England games and the Test Championship. He's 35. He's had a pretty sparkling career, and he's been a mainstay in the side for, the I want to say, for quite a few years. He's just a name that you always see around. So they're going to miss him, and he seems like a popular player. And he said in, in an interview I read yesterday that he just he wants to focus on his family. And at 35, I think that's completely fair enough. So good send-off. Hopefully he gets some runs and get, take some catches. Uh, I want to get a good send-off for him. Um, in terms of the team, I mean, obviously you got Kane Williamson, one of the best players in a generation for any for any uh, nation. He's exceptional. Uh, Colin de Granholm, another one of the best players. <laughs> At least uh, best we haircuts. love him. We best love haircuts. him. In the, 
uh, Sussex. Um, anyone who bowls medium pace when when Dan and I were playing with some mates a few years ago was called Colin, uh, yeah. which was most of our friends. I mean, and he was he was lethal in that uh, in the World Cup final as well, wasn't he? Was. He became sort of a bit of a meme amongst our group of friends for a while because he of was. he just caught trundled off and bowled these mediums and just had people in 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 S's and in just folding themselves in half basically. He'll be uh, he'll be great. He's 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 that all rounder that England are probably missing really. Yeah, and I think if you look at the pace attack, um, you know, De Gronholm will do very well in English conditions. Jameson's very exciting. Wagner is very good. And obviously we've got Southie, who is just a veteran of, of Test cricket, who's excited as well. And yeah, they've talked a little bit about getting their hands on the juke ball, which is always uh, something to look forward to for, for tourists, especially from Australia and New Zealand. Uh, not convinced on their spin options. Um, Santner, a couple of the debutants that you mentioned earlier that might might make their debut. Spin, they've, we've discussed this on the pod before. I feel like New Zealand have been lacking a genuine test quality spinner for a while, but probably won't matter too much in these conditions. So it's just a very good team. Uh, it's just a really exciting team. I mean, Bolt, sorry, did we say before we went on air, is Bolt playing? Is he not playing? What was the deal not, with him? We mentioned that off air, so do you, want to, do you want to go into that, Zach, where he might be or not be? Yeah, so he, he went home after the IPL rather than um, rather than going straight to England, which is fair enough. I wanted to have a little bit of time at home. And he he's, he, I mean, he's probably on his way back by now because they're talking about him being potentially available for the second test. So he might have arrived already, but I'm yeah. definitely missing the first test. But if he's going to be available for the second test, which is pretty soon as well, then he's probably he's probably at least on his way back or, you know, about to, about to get on a plane. But yeah, so he's definitely out of the first test. He'll probably miss both and it will be a big miss for them because obviously him and Southie opening the bowling for them is such a such a lethal opening partnership. And, you know, maybe Jameson will get to take the new ball, which he hasn't done in test cricket. He's done it in first class cricket before. He's spoken about, you know, not getting too worked up about the Duke's ball. He hasn't had a chance to bowl with it yet. There was a couple slipped into his bag in the IPL, but he didn't get a chance to bowl with them, he said. But he's trying to hmm. he's trying to not worry too much about it and not get too hung up on it because obviously it can sometimes the Duke's ball can not swing for the first turnovers and then swing. So he's just kind of, you know, being patient and not expecting too much from it. Uh, you made that sound really suspect. The Duke's ball got slipped into his bag without him knowing, like someone was trying to plant something. It's how it was. It's how it was mentioned in the in the cricket article. Yeah, one of the coaches slipped a jukes ball into his bag. <laughs> Could be a euphemism as well, for all we know. Um, I am super excited to watch him bowl in English conditions. Was it was it New Zealand Pakistan? We did a few podcasts on Glenn. Um, I think Tim was on them as well, and that yep. was when he sort of sort of captured the cricketing world, sort of stamped his um, his name on on world cricket. Daryl Mitchell as well. He's that sort of middle lower order batsman who bowls a bit yeah he got a ton so he, he could be handy and there's no martin guptill has he not been playing test cricket for a while i really like martin guptill is he just not around that anymore he's more of a white ball player he just thought he was a lethal opener he, he, i mean he was a walk he was either a walking nick or 100 off 100 balls so maybe that's why they've, they've, they've put him to one side for a bit i don't know I feel like his form, like, because in the World Cup, his form wasn't good. I feel like he's kind of, even in white ball stuff, his form's been a bit questionable of, of recent times. So, yeah, I think he's he's a bit away from the test side at the moment. And, and a quick search shows that he's going to be playing in the PSL when that restarts. Um, uh, so that's what, what he's up to. So we've got a Gupta update what, what, for our what, listeners. When that, when that restarts in 2022. Gupta corner. Okay. So yeah, I mean it's a great it's a great test side. I think they're suited to English conditions, um, and they'll probably do very well. And in the back of their minds, 
I feel, I feel like for the both tests against England, they're going to go full strength because they've got to look ahead to that World Test Championship final. So I don't think they want to start, you know, guessing who's going to play where. They want to get a good 11 in, get two solid test matches under their belt and go and try and beat India, which will be fascinating to see. Um, of course, boys, we have to do some predictions before we leave yeah. because that's what we're, we love doing and, and love failing at. So two test series, so I guess there's less, potentially less variation here. Um, Zach, what do you want to go for? What's the score going to be? I'm going to go one all, even though I'm not sure there's going to be a result in both tests. But I'm going to go one all. I think I think England don't like winning the first test of a series. I know they did against India, but um, you know I think New Zealand are going to surprise England in that first test, and then England are kind of come back. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I don't I don't want to be really boring and also agree. And I wish I hadn't asked you first now. I should have said my <laughs> thing first. I think I did that on one part. I nicked I nicked the obvious result. Um, I'm go- I can't go two 0 New Zealand. I can't, can I? I'm I'm going to go 2-0 New Zealand. Um, and the reasons being, um, slightly smaller squad. I think they've got more of a focus for these two test matches. Uh, they'll play their full strength 11, I imagine, minus Bolt for both of them. And they're a really good test side. And England are chopping and changing a little bit. A couple of debutants, they might struggle. That isn't really what I feel, but I'm going to put that out there anyway. No, I like that. I 1-1 is kind of what I was thinking before we went on the pod. I'm going to stick with that. And I agree with Zach that... I think one will be rain affected, um, so that might that might tie into things. Um, so it could go. To be honest, it could probably go. You know, one nil. Um, uh, in it, it, there might only be one result uh, in, across the two tests, but um, it's a tough one. I think you've made some good points there, Dan, as well. I, I, I like the New Zealand team. It is their best team, right? They have the World Test Championship ahead of them, so this is a very tight knit squad. They're here for a reason, and basically, if you play well for them in these two games you're going to play in the world test championship final which is you know history you're making history uh so i if i was a player i would love to be in that final against india at lords like wow what a, what a privilege that would be so but at the same time what i do want to add that england players are really competing for their place and because of the you know de facto suspension or whatever the ineligibility in, in of the of the um ipl guys this gives a massive opportunity um to others I mean, some know, probably people like folks probably know that Butler will come in, whatever happens. Um, but if you're if you're a bit of a quick, you know, you, you're Overton, um, Stone, any of them, there's a real opportunity to, to cement your place in the team. And I think, you know, openers, as we've discussed, Burns, even Crawley Bracey, like there's a, there's a lot of pressure on them to actually get some runs and, and put their name in the team. So, yeah, a long way of saying, I think 1-1, but Rain is going to come into it and both teams have quite a lot to play for in their ranks maybe rain will stop play <laughs> and fade to black i mean that would have been excellent if we ended pods like that but no um yeah if an england batsman gets a stack of runs these two tests they're they're pretty much secured for that five test series against india aren't they so there is a lot to play for from an england perspective you're right man okay well there you have it we, we got to our 11 in the end that that was the most fun i've had putting 11 together by the way boys that was real that was some hard-fought stuff Zach, Zach won the day with his negotiating tactics, but he did. We will we will see how accurate we are with that. I'm fascinated to see when the team comes out if we're anywhere near. I think I think you know we've hashed out some good ideas there, and we'll see if our predictions are right as well. We we, we will see. Okay, that'll about wrap it up for this week. That is your preview of the test series between England and New Zealand. That first test starts on the second of June. Very exciting. We'll be back to review that test match whenever that finishes. Uh, Glenn, we'll see you soon. 
yeah thank you so much and i'll be looking forward to my 100 shirt uh, appearing in the post in the next couple of years <laughs> <laughs> if if me zach and will can come up with a good enough idea um <laughs> zach any cricket in the next couple of weeks uh, we look forward to hearing more stories when we're back yeah i've got a game on i've got a game on wednesday hopefully it doesn't get uh, called off I've got a t20 game on wednesday and then maybe have a game on saturday if i get picked so you know after well, my <sighs> I did also open the bowling and bowled four overs for 13. So, you know, my economy Ooh. is still, You're I think. Very, if, very economical, aren't you? Very, very economical. Oh, I, I'm your type of bowler, Dan. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> what, what are you? Left arm, left arm seam? Yeah, left arm medium. Yeah, block, block holes or, you know, just back of a length. Never back of a length. If I get back of a length, it's dribbling through. It's gone. It's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Well, hopefully we'll have two or three of Zach's cricketing stories next time we're back. Uh, We'll see you at the end of the England-New Zealand first test. And thank you for listening. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.